The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Host and moderator Bonnie D. Graham talks with the experts about how game-changing technologies can help you achieve financial excellence for your company. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you want to run with the Game Changers, you are in the right place. I can guarantee that. Today's buzz, finance on the run. Ooh, I hope it's running in the right direction. Let's get started. Mobile technology can now put a range of sophisticated tools into the hands of your finance organization. Why? Well, they need help supporting planning and budgeting and forecasting, but everybody's on the move, on the go, and that's what these new tools will help them do. So having this agility to create and deliver timely reports on a mobile device, I think it sounds exciting, even sexy. It's great. However, not quite so fast, kids. There's work to do before you can dive in and reap the benefits. You need an executive team that wants to sponsor it, not just say, mm-hmm, okay, yes, they really need to go for it and embrace it. You need a finance team that's ready to adopt it, ready to adapt, ready to integrate the tools, the right tools, into a strong mobile strategy. That's the only way it's going to work. And last but not least, you need to train the right team of talent to use it, to embrace it, to engage with it, and to optimize it. So the question of the day is, is your finance organization there yet? I have assembled a panel of experts to help you figure out what you need and what some of the best of best of best of class teams are doing in the finance field today and see if you can learn from them. First up on the panel, uh, this is a gentleman I invited three and a half years ago to be on SAP Radio, one of our first shows, and it didn't work out, and, and they say everything goes around, comes around. So I'm happy to welcome Nick Castellina. He's Research Director for the Aberdeen Group's Business Planning and Execution Practice. And Nick sent me the following quote from none other than Winston Churchill. Very simple quote, words of wisdom. He who fails to plan is planning to fail. Welcome, Nick Castellina. How are you today? Hi, how are you, Bonnie? Wonderful. Thanks for joining me. Finally, it took us a couple of years, but we got you on the show. So very interesting quote from Winston Churchill. Uh, why did you pick this one? And tell us how it relates to our finance on the go topic, please. Sure. And, you know, I think that quote has been uh, attributed to many different people, not just Winston Churchill, but also Benjamin Franklin and a variety of others. But I think it's something that's very important to think about when you're talking about um, planning, budgeting and forecasting, because uh it's often overlooked just how important these practices are for organizations. When you're providing accurate forecasts, it gives your decision makers and your business leaders a lot more uh, confidence when they're making decisions to grow the business. If they don't know where they're going to be, it's very, very difficult to um, make decisions that are going to help you get to where you need to be. 
So, Nick, are we, we setting the stage here that people in the finance organization are no longer sitting with an eye shade, pardon me, under that green lamp, and they're chained to their desk during budgeting processes and during forecasting, and they're not allowed to leave the office? It's changed. Tell us a little bit about how has that paradigm changed for the finance professional? Sure. Well, one, it used to be that the budgeting and forecasting process took a long time. You know, you were starting in October to prepare budgets or even before October to prepare budgets that need to be completed by January. And in the the modern business environment, things change very quickly. Um, A forecast you made yesterday is most likely based on unrealistic business conditions. So uh, those that are preparing these forecasts uh, need to be more flexible and more mobile and be able to make changes whenever changes to business conditions occur. Um, and, and that means they, they're not necessarily changed to their desk. These people are sources of organizational decision-making, so you need to be able to rely on them no matter what time of day it is and no matter where they are. There you go. Good to know. Just like the rest of us, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're yeah. unchained. We're untethered, but we're there all the time. We're wirelessly tethered. Thank you, Nick. Good start to our topic. Mm-hmm. Let's welcome back. A, I call him a veteran of SAP Radio. He's been on several times with us. It's Con Ternali. Those of you wondering, he has a very interesting spelling, K-A-A-N. I love that. He's a global senior director of BI. That's business intelligence at SAP. And Con has sent me a quote from Leonardo da Vinci. Oh, we're getting very highbrow here with da Vinci. And the quote is, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. Conternally, welcome back. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic, Bonnie. Great to be back uh, and uh, great to join the uh, wonderful panel today. Good panel. So talk to me. Da Vinci says simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. How does this relate to our topic of finance on the go? So um, our listeners may know and... Um, Some may actually remember that this was the headline for Apple's first marketing brochure uh, about late 70s, and I actually have a copy in my home office. I love the ad and what it stands for. Uh, If you could imagine, or if you're not familiar with it, a shiny red apple against Mm -hmm. a plain white background, plenty of white space as we call it in design. Mm -hmm. Fast forward four decades, 2014, and I feel we still chase the same dream. Uh, This is also very true when we talk about mobile BI or mobile analytics, a a topic we'll uh, touch today on our show. Hence, Mm -hmm. I say simplicity is the ultimate sophistication in mobile BI, and that's why I picked that quote. I love it. Thank you very much for uh, elevating us and escalating us. I appreciate that very much. And we're going to be talking about sophistication. And I use that term in my intro. Thank you, Khan. And joining us is a newcomer to SAP Game Changers Radio. It's Pete Graham. He and I share the same last name. He's a director of financial finance solutions and mobility at SAP, leading global activities on IFRS. I had to ask what that was, International Financial Reporting Standard. And Pete Graham has sent me a quote from Benjamin Franklin, whose name popped up in Nick Castellina's quote. And the quote is, remember that time is money. Now we're getting to the heart of the matter. Pete Graham, welcome. How are you today? Thanks, Bonnie. Great to be on and uh, great to be on with all the other panelists. Yep. Talk to me about the quote. Interesting. Well, I think uh, the thing that struck me about, I was trying to find a a quote that um, people may have heard of, but I think when you think about the mobile phone or just mobile devices in general, I think um, they started off as being productivity enhancements, right? The reason why you had a mobile phone was because you had to be connected to the office when you were out of the office to make you more productive because, remember, time is money, and if you can 
be more productive with your time, you'll be, you know, you'll do better in business. Um, but really, that has morphed, right? These devices now are really everywhere. They're in, intertwined in our personal lives, and uh, it's really quite a remarkable journey that we've seen probably over the last 10 years. Okay, so time is money. Who is handling this money and what finance professionals need to be on? The, that, let's redefine the topic a little bit or let's, let's hone in a little sharply, uh, Pete. Who exactly needs to be tethered to the finance processes on the go? Nick spoke about a little bit about it. And so who is it exactly who we're addressing in the finance organization who's going to be the one in the spotlight? Well, we're really addressing the whole department, every you know, all the way from the, the CFO down to the accountants. And it really depends on the particular process or, or, or topic area. I mean, CFOs are looking at the big picture, and so they want to look at, um, you know, key performance indicators. They may want to look at certain things that give them the pulse of the business and allow them to do that quick check, uh, whereas different um, accountants or analysts may be looking at certain approval processes and really getting into the depths of the system, but they all want to have this access and, and better insight. And it's really the, mo- you know, the, the mobile technology is now enabling that or allowing it certainly in the consumer part of their life, and they're now asking about that in the, the professional part of their life. Thank you. And I, I have a question for the whole panel. Thank you, Pete. The question is, we used a term early on when we, I started Game Changers Radio for SAP back in, my goodness, 2011. We did a topic a couple times on BYOD, bring your own device to work. So my question is, before we dive into the topic in the roundtable coming up in a few minutes, are these finance professionals bringing their own device? Because, Pete, you brought it up. We're using this mobility. It's part of our daily lives, but we're bringing it to work. So does the organization provide these sophisticated tools that go on people's own personal devices, or is the organization controlling everything and issuing? I'm just curious. Uh, Pete, thoughts? And then Nick and Khan, what do you think? Uh, well, I, my experience is it depends on the organization. I mean, I've dealt with uh, some companies that are BYOD uh, very early adopters, and that's a big tenant, mm-hmm. and others are still more reserved and still very restrictive and will only let certain, um, you know, corporate-approved devices hit their networks, for instance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nick Castellino, what does Aberdeen re- see? What does your research show? Have you looked into this? Yeah, and I think it really when it comes to bringing your own device, it, it differs between roles within the organization, and I would say mm-hmm. organizations are less likely um, to allowing employees to bring their own device for finance data just because of security reasons and privacy reasons. Uh, this is information that they don't want getting out, um, and it's a little bit more difficult to secure a device when you're bringing a lot of different standards based on whatever the employee may own rather than a corporate-approved device or a corporate-provided device. That's what yes. I figured. Con, thoughts on that? Yes, Con? definitely. So I, I definitely agree with Nick. Uh, and uh, to uh, further expand on that point, it also depends um, um, what roles we're going after, what type of applications. The, 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 the issue or the, the major point about whether it's BYOD or any other mobility topic is that you need a solid infrastructure because you're basically open up, opening up your uh, strategic uh, data or other assets. 
and the, the devices, unless the device can be controlled, similar to uh, um, uh, the devices uh, provided by the corporate uh, teams, you know, you, you're basically opening, up, opening yourself up for risk, and that's what they want to avoid. So unless the infrastructure is there, uh, you know, the companies are going to be risk-averse and probably shy away, but otherwise, absolutely. Okay, thank you all for that extra answer. And I have a very pressing question to ask my three panelists today. Khan knows what it is. And Nick and Pete have heard about it. It's what's in your cup today. Tell me what you're drinking or what do you wish you're drinking. Anything that causes you to smile. Nick Castellino, what's in your cup? Sure, and I've got a big jug of water to recover after the long Labor Day weekend. And also because it's about 95 degrees in our office right now since the AC hasn't kicked in yet. Where are you located? Oh, my goodness. We're in Boston, but they shut it off all weekend, and it takes a while to get it going. So, um, oh, I'm my drinking goodness. a lot of water to uh, keep from passing out. Well, well, please, can you delay that until after the show? <laughs> By the way, anybody who, who went to bed last night watching the, uh, the, op- the U.S. Open men's match that started around 10.30 Eastern time, it was a gentleman from Canada and one from Japan. Neither country has made it into the quarterfinals. When I woke up this morning and checked, of course, on my iPhone, it turns out that the Japanese gentleman won by persistence, and the weather was very humid and very unpleasant in New York yesterday, and the match went till 2.20. 6 a.m. New York time. It was the latest running match in U.S. Open history. So there's one for the record books. Okay. I hope they had air conditioning when they were done getting off the court, Nick. Mm-hmm. And Con Ternali, what are you drinking today? Bonnie, I, I really wanted to tell a different story than the one I shared last time I was on the show, but mm-hmm. uh, it hasn't changed. Uh, uh, I'm a huge fan of Starbucks coffee, uh, and I love my coffee in the morning. Like many of our listeners, it's a ritual for me. A tall cup of Pike Place with one sh- one pack of sugar in the row. However, as you heard before, my story is about tea. A couple of years ago, mm-hmm. I had to stop caffeine and take temporarily for a procedure I needed to have. So my mom suggested herbal tea. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. The problem is, first, herbal tea doesn't taste like coffee, and second, it doesn't <laughs> have any caffeine. <laughs> no kidding. Anyway, Needless to say, I wasn't too crazy about it at first, but I reluctantly tried chamomile tea, and Mm -hmm. I have to admit, I'm hooked on it, Uh, but only after I have my coffee in the morning. So for me, if it's a.m., nothing can compete with my coffee, but if it's the p.m., tea is the king. (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Chamomile has a lovely fragrance, by the way. I think they call it a bouquet. It is something you can get used to easily. Pete Graham, what drinkest thou? I have uh, some sparkling water, Dasani apple-flavored sparkling water, which uh, um, not quite is a little fancier than what Nick has up in Boston, but uh, I like the, the, the sparkling waters that they have come out with abundance in the last couple of years, so that's what I've got. Good. Thank you very much. And uh, I had a little bit of decaf last night. I'm allowing myself to learn to drink decaf at night. And I bought an Aero Latte frother so I can pretend I'm drinking lattes. So there. Guess what? It's time for us to take our first break. We're going to let Nick drink his water. And he's going to need a lot of it without the AC con. You can have your tea. And Pete, you can have your sparkling water. And our topic today is mobile finance. Is your organization ready? We're going to cover a couple of areas. We're going to talk about if companies that use mobile 
global analytics are able to run their finance organizations better than those not. We have a lot of good statistics to bat over the fence at all of you. We have, we're going to talk about mobile solutions from LOB Finance to EPM, and then we're going to talk about the use case and readiness of finance teams to operate in a mobile world. Is yours ready? We're going to help you find that out. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Financial Excellence with Game Changers Radio presented by SAP. If you're keeping track, this is Season 3, Episode 8, Where Has the Time Gone? And my guests today are Nick Castellina at Aberdeen, Con Ternally at SAP, and Pete Graham at SAP. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We'll be right back. Brad out. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now. According to IDC, by 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase, an SAP company, offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Comments? Questions? Send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the show at hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to financial excellence with Game Changers. Are in the pursuit of helping you achieve financial excellence. I'm speaking today with Nick Castellina at Aberdeen, Con Ternally, and Pete Graham at SAP. And I'm still Bonnie D. Graham. Our topic today is mobile finance. Are you ready? We're going to help you find out. Let's kick off our 30-minute nonstop roundtable with Nick Castellina at Aberdeen. And we're going to talk a little bit. Let's move right into the mobile world. Mobile EPM, improving decision-making when time is of the essence. And that's what it's all about. Nick sent me some notes from an Aberdeen Research Report, and I'm going to just read a little bit, and then Nick will chime in. He said 23% of reports today are delivered after an executive needed to make a decision. That's not good math in anybody's book. And then Nick adds, best-in-class organizations are twice as likely as all others to have the ability to access performance data from a mobile device. That sounds like a great improvement. Nick, why don't you get us started? Sure, and I think the the most important point there that you mentioned was that 23% of reports today are delivered after an executive needed them to make a decision. So they're getting information, and they're saying, well, I really could have used this uh, yesterday or, or the day before. So the decisions they're making aren't based on the most 
realistic and the, and the best possible data that they could be utilizing to make those decisions. So one of the ways that we found that organizations are trying to solve this challenge is by enabling access to finance data and performance data on a mobile device. Uh, you saw that uh, best-in-class organizations are t- over twice as likely as all others to have the ability to access that data on a mobile device. Uh, we do a yearly survey on enterprise performance management and financial planning, budgeting, and forecasting, uh, and this is where this information came from. And what we really wanted to identify were what the the benefits were of actually doing that or the consequences were of providing that data on mobile devices to your CFO or others throughout the finance organization. Uh, we found that those with mobile access are 2.9 times as likely as those without to have real, real-time updates to financial metrics. So they can take a look on their device that they're carrying with them at any time throughout the day to understand exactly what type of performance is happening across the organization. And they're utilizing that information to do things like reforecasting. You see that those with um, mobile access to performance data are 79% more likely to have that ability to reforecast as market conditions change. The ultimate results are uh, an ability to forecast more accurately, create budgets that are more accurate because they're based on realistic business conditions, and then utilize that information, as I mentioned earlier, to make decisions that will help to grow the business. They're seeing greater increases in operating margins uh, and revenue. So it's really all about providing data to information users when they need it to make those decisions, Uh, and that's something that really can't be solved when you have to have people going back to their desktop or back to a workstation or if they're on the road having to wait until they get in somewhere uh, to receive that information from their business analysts, uh, being able to check that information right away on a mobile device is extremely valuable and something that's uh, changing the way finance organizations work today. Thank you, Nick. I have a couple of questions before we ask Khan and Pete to jump in. First question is, uh, let's level set. What's the population for this research report? Is this North America-centric? Is this uh, global? And what size? Are we talking about SMEs? Are we talking about the, the supersized corporations? Who, who is the subject? Who is in the pool of people you questioned? Sure. This, this sample size is actually very broad. It's across um, across the world, across companies of all sizes, we do have the capability to cut our data by some of those um, smaller segments, and we do that, which, mm-hmm. and you can find the reports on Aberdeen.com. But um, this sample size itself, I think, is from a, a selection of a, a little over 200 organizations um, across the world and, and uh, across all different types of industries. Okay, thank you very much. And second question is, in my intro, I mentioned that the executive team needs to sponsor the concept of mobile finance, finance mobility. Sounds like these companies have when you talk about the best in class. The finance team has to adopt, adapt, and integrate the right tools into a strong mobile strategy. Sounds like the best in class have. But my third question is, the third point was you need to train the right team of talent to optimize it. Who is actually in the field doing this? Is it all levels of finance personnel? Is it what we been loosely referring to as data scientists and a lot of my other game changer shows who's actually in the field saying yeah i can pull the car over or i can go into a quiet part of the train i can pull up that report i can reef car cast and have it in the hands of my my manager in the next 42 seconds who is actually doing the work in the trenches sure and right now today it's more about consumption and finding the data that's already been prepared and utilizing that to you know make new decisions, trigger changes in the forecast, to actually update the forecast itself. 
that's a whole other capability that organizations, best-class organizations are, are more likely to have that capability on mobile devices, mm-hmm. but the adoption rates aren't quite there uh, as opposed to just being able to consume that data today. Um, it's something that's certainly growing and something that best-in-class organizations are already more likely to be doing, but it's at a very low rate. So um, as an organization, you have to understand the maturity levels that it takes to become a fully mobile organization. Start with those, uh, a lot of times at the top of the organization, those decision-makers, corporate management, mm-hmm. the CFO, and then you know move it down to the business users. Thank you. That's exactly what I was looking for. Contranelli, I bet you have some comments to add to these this plethora of statistics we're getting from Aberdeen through Nick Castellino. What are your thoughts? So um, we're definitely also seeing those type of statistics uh, uh, sometimes with our customer base. And um, we discussed it at the start of the show, time is of essence. And mm-hmm. some of the fundamentals, um, they, they haven't changed. Uh, time, speed, quality of data, uh, getting it for the right role. So mobile just brings a different uh, uh, layer to that equation. Um, when I think of the mobile uh, analytics or mobile solutions or mobile BI, I always think of organizations must deliver the power of mobile or mobile BI through innovation without disruption. And uh, Nick uh, touched on this a little bit. So if we accept that mobile BI should enable faster and better informed decisions, business decisions, to drive growth and profitability. And if we're talking about the case of finance, then we need to be perfectly aligned with our business goals and business users that we serve. So in this case, the finance users. Um, And one of the big points that I always bring up uh, when we talk about designing for mobile uh, is understanding audience and purpose. And if we do it without uh, uh, doing that, uh, it can backfire. Uh, it goes without saying that that when we design anything, we must know and understand our audience. But I'll give you a great example from our experience, and this mm-hmm. this this is a great example for finance organization or sales organization. Our primary customer base for the platform that I own and manage uh, has been the Salesforce and finance and senior management team. As uh, and for us, quarter end is huge. The rush starts before we enter the last month of the quarter, and the frequency of management calls increase which is also reflected in our user status. So the uptime and performance becomes even more critical um, as uh, the business goals put additional pressure on our system. So what we do, for example, is we'll skip certain any non-critical maintenance activities. Uh, we avoid things even if they are scheduled for weekends. Uh, and let's not forget, if you're a global company, you're on 24-7. So mm-hmm. where am I going with this point? We increase our preventive maintenance. We put extra shifts, so to speak. The bottom line that we instill in our technical teams, teams that actually uh, put those implementation and solutions in the field, the same urgency and determination that our business teams have to make it happen. And so that's where the power of mobile BI comes in. Innovation, but without disruption. Mm, I like that. Thank you very much. There's our continuous flow. Pete Graham, thoughts? Chime in, please. Yeah, so I think... um Nick and Colin have brought out some great points. I mean, getting the right data into the right hands of the right people is so important. And really with mobile and now it moving into finance and it's actually um, has moved into all parts of business, but really particularly in finance because they're, used, they're so used to certain analytic capabilities and now they're starting to get them at their fingertips. Uh, and you're really starting to see that impact kind of their day-to-day business. Uh, their day-to-day lives, and I think you're going to see that even more. Um, and so definitely that, that's a huge step forward for a lot of companies. But there's still 
you know, from what I've seen, there's still, you know, some adoption to come, right? Not every company is using it as much as they could or every person or every role, and so there's still more more that can be done and more that can be utilized, and I think probably Khan and, and Nick have seen this. Um, I think the other trend we're seeing also is trying to get to what's behind the analytics, right? So, and um, you know, you can see a KPI or a dashboard, but then what's driving it, and can I get to the details behind that dashboard mm-hmm. and then act on it to help improve my business? I think that's another trend we're starting to see. And that's a positive trend. Nick Castellini, you want to chime in? Any more thoughts on that or any more numbers you want to give us? Uh, no specific numbers, but I did want to build on what he said. When there's, mm-hmm. And I referenced it kind of earlier, the maturity level of mobile access to performance data. Um, just because an organization has implemented this capability doesn't mean they're doing all they really can with it. Um, it requires executive commitment and an understanding of how it can impact the uh, organization to really get the full use at, out of it and achieve ROI. So um, simply just providing access to data um, is the first step, but then enabling those business users to perform tasks with the mobile device itself uh, is kind of the next level and going to lead your organization to become even more agile. Thank you. I have a question for Nick and the entire panel. If a, a small, very small business, a startup, uh, anywhere from they've been in business six months to two years, and let's say they have a, a, a total team size of under 50 people working for them, maybe under 30, by listen, listening to the three of you, you experts on mobile finance today, should this empower and inspire and encourage small businesses to put their finance into a mobile mode very quickly as they grow their company rather than waiting to do it as a, shall we say, an aftermarket add-on. Nick, thoughts on that? Well, I think the agility enabled by this is going to help them grow more quickly. So that's one one way to look at it. Um, and also it's a much more manageable organization when, when you get to that size. So you, you're not buying as many devices if you're providing them themselves. You don't have as much data, um, and you're probably implementing other business solutions where you can um, include this as part of the implementation process. So it's something you definitely want to identify because it's probably going to be part of your technology environment in the future. Um, so why not get that going as early as possible? Good advice. Thank you. Khan, go ahead, Khan. Bonnie, if I could jump in. So I I totally agree with Nick, and and obviously the cloud computing makes it even uh, more feasible for those small uh, enterprises. Uh, uh, You need to still uh, uh, find a solution with the device, but at least from a a management point of view. I want to go back, if it's okay, uh, a Mm -hmm. point that Pete made uh, regarding the user experience and what the dashboard looks like and going beyond it. So when we design for mobile BI, mobile analytics, we need to go uh, uh, beyond what a report dashboard looks like and design for the mobile experience. And uh, we need to apply what I refer to as a mobile mindset. And what I mean by that is we need to consider all facets of user interactions, not just uh, uh, what we do when we are online, right, when, when we're consuming a report or, or dashboard, but also what we do offline. So we're designing to deliver a superior mobile user experience each and every time. If we don't go for that, then we're going to have major uh, issues with adoption and all kinds of other things because ultimately it's a new technology. Even though we're using it in our personal lives and and, and every day, uh, it's a new technology. And and that infrastructure, designing for that entire mobile user experience is, I think, critical. 
Con, you took me into where I was going to dive into your talking points and have you lead a new conversation thread. So I'm glad you picked that one. Let's do a little more. Let's do a little more conversation on mobile mindset before I ask Pete and Nick to come in on that one. Mindset says to me that somebody has to think about something. Somebody has to embrace it. Somebody has to say, yes, this is a good thing for the organization. And I want everybody to share that mobile mindset. So this starts at the top. Can we go back to uh, the opening premise that the, the executive leadership has to not just say, okay, yeah, do it. It's okay. I'll give you money by the devices, yada, yada, get the software. They really have to have that mobile mindset, which leads to wanting to have an integrated mobile strategy because that's part of the whole thing. So, Con, what does it take for, uh, let's say, a big company to see the light, if you will, to say, yes, we're going to embrace this. We're going to have a meeting with our, our minds throughout the company, and we're going to say, this is where we have to go if we're going to have a healthy finance organization. What does it take for the leadership to embrace this? Great point, Bonnie. So to me, executive sponsorship, or uh, as we uh, uh, discussed on our last uh, show with Howard Dressner, executive ownership is critical for success with mobile BI initiatives. And, and our listeners may say, well, that's true for any project with technology. That's true. But having an executive sponsor on paper, I don't believe is enough. And what makes an ideal executive sponsor for mobile BI or mobile analytics is, is it might be slightly different. So when we think of the mobile, uh, we want commitment uh, an executive sponsor makes and the leadership he she provides uh, has a direct impact on the outcome of the mobile BI strategy as well as the adoption. So to me, the ideal executive sponsor of a mobile BI initiative is a champion of the cause, an ardent mobile user, and the most active consumer of its assets. You may ask, again, how does this, uh, um, how does this executive champion the mobile BI initiative? First and foremost, he, she leads by example. No more printing paper copies of reports or dashboards if that's what the solution is supposed to provide. This means that the executive is keen not only to consume the data on these mobile devices, but also to apply the insight, and this is more important, insight drive from these mobile assets to decisions that matter. Using this technology, you know, as, as we think about the entire uh, life cycle, using this technology, the executive sponsor or owner demonstrates firsthand the mobile mindset we just discussed a few minutes ago and sets an example for the rest of the direct reports and their teams. And mm-hmm. furthermore, uh, by recognizing the information available on these mobile BI assets as the single version of the truth, right, that's something we used to talk about in BI, the executive mm-hmm. provides a clear and consistent message for everyone, and that's what we need uh, when we talk about executive sponsorship or ownership. Thank you. Pete Graham, thoughts? Uh, I think it's, I mean, and the con has made some great points, and you do need to have that executive sponsorship. Um, e- even if the executives aren't necessarily using the mobile technology right away, at least they understand what it can do, and hopefully they have a vision of a mobile-enabled organization, no matter how big or small, um, because I think we're, everyone sees the impact it has made on the consumer part of your your life, right, your day-to-day life. But I think we're still experimenting. We're still pushing the envelope a little bit about what it's really going to mean for business. But certainly um, from an executive standpoint, the other thing that we could offer them um, is really when you think of an executive, especially in the CFO's organization or CFO himself or herself, 
they can really, um, you know, they're an ally to the CEO, um, and hopefully they're one of the leaders of change. But really this idea of having the CFO in the back office working on a PC or, or some, you know, kind of tethered to the desk is really not the case anymore, right? These mobile apps, these BI dashboards that Nick and Khan have, dis- have described really allow the CFO to get out from behind the desk and really help enable change or be that change agent. So you're really seeing the technology really making some impact um, because it's untethered and because you can get that great analytics anywhere. It's really allowing the CFO to get out and really meet more people or be kind of that dynamic change agent if they want to play that role because the technology now enables them to do that. Thank you, Pete. Nick Castellina, thoughts? Yeah, and I think it really comes down to leading by example, like mm-hmm. uh, Khan said. Uh, you know, using it and expecting those uh, that are you're responsible for to, to be using it as well. If you know that your CFO is always going to be constantly getting back to you because they have access to that mobile device, you're going to be uh, doing the same thing. And uh, unfortunately for some workers, it does extend your work hours, but um, I think it makes for a more effective organization. Thank you. I want to change direction a little bit here. Uh, Pete Graham, I want to go into some of your talking points. Let's talk about why it's so slow to be adopted. You say mobile technology seems to be adopted more slowly in corporate finance. Some of the reasons could be security, availability of the right functionality and content. And then you talk about the fact that in industries where speed of information is vital, like Wall Street and hedge funds, trading firms, and, and some consumers. So what are you seeing, Pete, in terms of what kinds of functionality will push corporate finance teams to adopt on, a, on an upward trend? And then we'll ask Nick for some statistics on that. So, Pete, what are you seeing in terms of what, what actual functionality do they need that's going to push them to adopt mobility? Uh, those are great questions, Bonnie. Um, I think, you know, the, if you take a step back, the, the one thing that we noticed early on in kind of the the mobile revolution, especially when the iPad came along, is that it seemed that um, the traders and the finance side and the, and the folks in the sales department seemed to get the tablets and the iPads first, uh, and then they tried to trickle over to the finance department, and that's where we get the comment about being maybe a little bit more conservative. So uh, it, it seems that in the corporate finance world, there's just different values or different priorities, and hence that manifests itself in kind of a, a different adoption rate. We are seeing that change now, and I think a, a large part of that is because, you know, things like BI are much more readily available. Uh, you can get them in the cloud, which is really more, uh, you know, more able to be displayed on mobile devices out of the box because of the, the browser technology and some of the responsive design. But really, um, you know, the, the whole idea that, um, you know, and I think the idea comes down to one of you have to make sure the data is right. So when mm-hmm. a CFO's office is looking at a new technology, they may see that it could give them an advantage, but they also have to make sure it's cost-effective and the tech, and the information is very accurate. The quality of information has to be very accurate and it has to be secure, right? You don't want anything to get out, you know, into mm-hmm. uh, WikiLeaks, right? You don't want to have your annual oh, report no. end up you know, post it early because that's just a big no-no. So in general, there are just some, I think, things within finance that are just different. We're starting to see that 
change, but uh, it still seems to be a, a little bit more slowly than, for instance, a Wall Street firm, especially a trading arm that literally fractions of a second are very important, and they're constantly trying to get that edge where when you're closing the books, there are other things that are more important, and you're not necessarily uh, literally waiting second by second. So, Thank you, Pete. Uh, Con, do you want to comment on that? And I'm going to circle back to Nick. Go ahead. Uh, absolutely. So we, we, when we talk about um, uh, um, I- adoption and, and moving the needle, I, I always think about the mobile BI strategy. So if mobile BI is going to enable organizations to drive growth and profitability, it requires uh, uh, that we develop an integrated mobile BI strategy. I believe this is the first critical, this is the critical first step in validating uh, mobile BI readiness uh, or mobile readiness, depending on the solution for any organization, whether it's Fortune 500, a small to medium enterprise, or even a small team within a large enterprise. And I can give you a great example from our mm-hmm. experience within SAP. At the beginning of our mobile BI journey, which, by the way, uh, was right when the first iPad uh, came out. The first thing we did was developing a comprehensive strategy. We did not assume, okay, we have an iPad, we can just mobilize the BI reports, dashboards, etc., and we're done. And included basically a series of high-level questions to consider all facets of user interactions. And again, I go back to that mobile user experience. I remember sitting down in our war room and drawing on the board all steps that I had to go through to get my iPad, configure it, and so on including when I needed help because some things didn't work, even though it said you do A, B, C. And uh, I wanted to take a holistic approach when planning for all aspects of the mobile user lifecycle. So I see this like a pre-flight check. The important thing uh, in my mind about this is that neither the size nor the scope of the mobile BI engagement negates the need for this pre-flight check, right, checklist, excuse me. And here's the example I frequently use to make this point. Think about this for a moment. Would a flight crew skip the pre-flight planning because it expects only a small number of passengers on the flight? Absolutely not. So we shouldn't skip it either. (laughs) (laughs) And so we want to evaluate and identify any issues before the takeoff. That's the whole idea about that strategy. I like that. That's a, that's a very picturesque way of putting it. You made me very nervous before I fly next time, I'll say. <laughs> Luckily, most planes are full these days that I take, Con, but uh, that's good to know. Okay, got to have a word with the pilot first. Nick Castellina, you want to chime in on this one before I, I talk to you about Beyond Spreadsheets? But what do you think about the conversation on the pre-flight check plan with Nick and – I'm sorry, with uh, Con and Pete? Sure, and, and, and you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's extremely important to have a plan – before you embark on any of these initiatives. What problems are you trying to solve? What challenges mm-hmm. do you have as an organization? What are your capabilities as an organization today? And what do you plan for them to be in the, in the coming months? So what uh, individual financial processes um, are you going to enable on the mobile devices? Do you want to make sure that they're usable, um, they're performing specific utilities, like you said, rather than just throwing the whole, um, the whole suite on the device and making it look the same as it would on a desktop. So um, these are different form factors, and uh, they're use, being used in very different ways, even though they're the similar applications. So defining what your goals are, who your users are, um, and how that's going to grow is essential before you even embark on the whole strategy. 
All good points. A lot of lessons to be learned here. Nick, I want to uh, toss it back to you for one more. We can squeeze in another five-minute thread here before we take our final break. Uh, some of your topics, I'm looking at some great numbers here from in the Aberdeen reports you sent me, and uh, let's talk about – I have a question for you. Are spreadsheets of mobility an oxymoron if you put them in the same sentence together, or is it possible to have a spreadsheet on the go? Um, well, it, it definitely has to be optimized. You can't just look at a spreadsheet very easily on – particularly on a smartphone. It's a little bit easier on a, uh, a tablet. But um, spreadsheets, what we're finding within our research, are something that are never really going to go away. Um, mm-hmm. Employees are used to them. They're comfortable with them. They use them on their day-to-day lives. But there are a lot of problems that come along with spreadsheets. Uh, you know, the their security concerns. It's easy to break versions. Um, People create formulas that may not translate to, to another person's uh, capabilities. Um, so top-performing organizations are really only utilizing them as a method of consumption uh, or utilizing solutions that kind of, you know, mock the or emulate the, the look and feel of spreadsheets but have a more robust techno- technology back, backing than, than what a spreadsheet actually is. Um, so what we find is that, best-in-class organizations take what we call a beyond spreadsheets approach. And as it relates to mobile devices, you know, you want something that's, as I mentioned earlier, optimized for the device itself. So it may mm-hmm. look like a spreadsheet and be simple for a, uh, a business user to navigate around, but it's, um, it's more than just saying, hey, open Excel um, on, your, on your smartphone. We know how difficult that is to read um, and, and actually navigate. Thank you. Okay, you stopped there. Okay, a uh, mm. question about EPM. Um, talk to me a little bit about the the philosophy of organizations that understand and and grasp the concept of EPM, enterprise performance management. Can they take that on the road with them actively? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, provided there's a mobile application uh, designed uh, to to access that information back in the, back from the home office, it, it's something that certainly is taken on the road. As I mentioned earlier. We have we we live in a very volatile business environment, so conditions change quite quickly. Uh, you're going to need to be able to access the information that's generated in in enterprise performance management, no matter where you are, no matter what time of day it is. Um, so it's something that should be um, enabled on a mobile device, and and that's going to you enable your decision makers to make smarter decisions and have confidence when making those decisions. Thank you. And that's the whole point of what we're talking about. Contranelli, thoughts on EPM on the go and anything else that Nick just discussed? And then we'll bring Pete in before we go to break. Go ahead, Con. I definitely agree with Nick. Uh, he, his idea or his, his concept uh, that he, uh, he mentioned beyond spreadsheets approach, I think, is what we need to look at. Um, and, and I think I, I brought this up uh, uh, in, on another show. In the early days, uh, mobile optimized data on PDF sent via email is how we did mobile analytics or mobile BI. But back then, we didn't have a choice. So we do have now uh, a lot of ways to mobilize a certain data set in a user interface that can uh, maximize the consumption uh, of that data set and insight uh, 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 gain from that data set. So the idea is not just uh, making it uh, uh, enabled on mobile device, but really understanding the user experience and therefore designing it for that consumption. Uh, it, it would be hard to imagine uh, a, a data set of thousands of rows if we just enable it on a mobile device 
Uh, yes, it's available 24-7, but if the right filters are not there, if the navigation is clumsy, I mean, that user interface is going to dry whether it's going to make sense. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you think of how banks approach access to your bank accounts or uh, in the early days how retail stores uh, uh, provided apps for your purchases, et cetera, the same concepts apply here. And we really need to take a beyond spreadsheets approach and, and design for that uh, user experience, mobile user experience. That is. Thank you. Pete Graham, closing thoughts on this one? I mean, I think the, the uh, concept beyond spreadsheets is a great one. I mean, we constantly see that, that finance professionals like Excel or like the spreadsheets, uh, and they're not going to give them up, but they constantly want to have access to the data. So I think from an EPM perspective, we're going to see more and more of that EPM portfolio accessible on the mobile device, and I would think pretty soon it's, it's pretty much you know, a non-issue, meaning that you can get everything on your mobile device that you can get anywhere else. Okay. Thank you very much. Guess what? You all worked very hard. We've been going almost a half hour straight through on our roundtable discussion, covered a lot of topics. I know there's a lot more. Maybe we'll do a part two at some point in the future, but I'm going to give you all a break to have a sip. Nick, we have to ask, is the AC on yet? Please say yes. I think it's starting to kick in, but it still takes a little time. Okay. All right. We're, we're thinking of you. Okay. Let's mm-hmm. give Nick a break to go get the fan on or just start jumping around very quietly. I'm Bonnie D. Graham speaking today with Nick Castellina at Aberdeen in Boston, Con Ternally, and Pete Graham at SAP. Our topic, if you haven't guessed yet, is mobile finance. Are you ready? A lot of great advice, interesting talking points, interesting POVs here, and a lot of good statistics. Appreciate that. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to ask my three esteemed panelists to fast forward to, let's see if they want to go to the year 2020. I can't force them to go there, but maybe they want to go not quite that far in the future or maybe even farther out. And the question will be, if we met again in whatever year you pick, gentlemen, what do you think will change in the intervening weeks, months, days, or years in terms of corporate corporate adoption and integration of mobile finance? You're listening to Financial Excellence with Game Changers. We'll be right back for our predictions crystal ball round. Don't even think of touching whatever you're using to listen to us. We'll be right back. Brad out. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now. According to IDC, by 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase, an SAP company, offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com Welcome back to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Comments? Questions? Send an email to bonnie.d.gram 
at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the show at hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to financial excellence with Game Changers. Here we are, and it's time for my three panelists to take out the crystal ball and look ahead and tell me how far into the future they'd like to share their predictions. We're going to start with Nick Castellina at Aberdeen. Nick, can you go 2020 or closer or farther out? What's your pleasure? Let's go 2020. I think that's a, a good good date to pick. I think, you know, as time goes on, we're going to get closer and closer to where organizations are providing more and more of their users with access to mobile data. Um, you know, employees are used to having that in their daily lives with their own personal data, and they're going to expect that as they go to new employers. You know, we have a new generation of employees that switch from job to job more quickly uh, and more often. And they're going to expect to have this type of capabilities to, to actually do their job. So, um, and I think organizations will just understand what the benefits are of having mobile access to performance data as they grow and as they start to implement other solutions as, as they're more, use, uh, more uh, used to having data in the cloud as well. I think um, we're just going to see adoption rates continue to increase uh, for companies of all sizes. Nick, who will be the next wave of people in the finance organization? Is this going to appeal on a, wow, look at this, they're so mobile, I love what they're doing, appeal to the millennials? Are they going to want to get into finance? Are they going to want to become CPAs and work their way up the food chain in the finance organization? What do you predict? I don't know if they're going to want to uh, specifically target finance as a as a career choice, Um that that would be difficult to say. I don't know if that's going to change any more than than it has in the past. But I do think, with the access to technology, some of these roles that may have been considered boring by by mm-hmm. younger generations of employees, uh, they're going to see that you know they have the tools available to to make these uh, actions and processes happen more quickly and and be more effective and and not have to spend all their time studying. Um, you know, accounting rules or, or whatever role within finance they they choose to to get into. Um, I think the technology is going to have an impact on that and make it so that finance maybe isn't something that's uh, as unattractive as it was in the past. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it'll be Thank more attractive, you. but but it'll be certainly something that's easy to perform. That's the insight I was looking for. Thank you, Nick Castellina. Contarnelli, thoughts? I can give you exactly two minutes on your predictions. Go. I'm going to go about five to ten years from now, so I guess that's okay. 20, 20, 20, 25. Uh, I mm-hmm. am predicting that mobile BI or mobile analytics will cease to exist and will simply be BI or analytics with mobility. Uh, it will be probably assumed by that time. Uh, we're already seeing this happening. Uh, the lines that separate mobile BI and traditional BI, as we know them, have been disappearing. When you think about our personal experience with smartphones or tablets, uh, we can see how early versions of um, uh, these devices had limited offerings. Now, not only we expect many more capabilities from these devices, but also as a frequent user of mobile technology in our personal lives with everything we do, we demand that um, they deliver an equal experience to that of uh, the PCs or, or any large screen devices. And, and I think the same thing is true for the mobile BI or mobile analytics experience, and I, I suspect that's uh, what will take place in the next five, ten years as the technology advances and more and more companies, uh, companies adopt 
and obviously, as I said, the cloud uh, computing technology uh, are, are offerings helping to expedite uh, some of these adoptions. Thank you very much. Pete Graham, I saved two minutes for you. Talk to me. Uh, thanks, Bonnie. Sure. So I think, you know, if we go out to 2020, you're going to see more of everything, right? The, the systems will be more interactive. They'll be more collaborative. You'll have probably more video built in, easier to use, faster. Uh, and really, you'll be able to run your office, your job off of your phone or tablet. So I think all that is, is very possible within the next, uh, what is it, six years. Um, I also think you're going to see more people within the organization being able to access BI or finance. So right now, and maybe over the last couple of years, this has started to change, but I think, you know, certainly finance is important for all groups. There's a finance core that's really running the books, but they're supporting businesses, and there are other general managers or, or marketing people or, or salespeople that want to know, okay, am I on budget, and how can I maybe make better decisions for my company with respect to finance? I think that will be pushed out to these teams. The tools will be easier to use, and these teams will be more um, readily able to, to kind of consume this finance information in a mobile way and really help their companies be more productive. Thank you, Pete. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Khan. It's time for Bonnie's predictions, and I've got a whole bunch of them. I'm going to predict that next tomorrow, actually, Wednesday, I'll be back with a live edition of Coffee Break with Game Changers. Next Tuesday, we'll be back with another live edition of Financial Excellence with Game Changers. But here's my big prediction. Starting next week on Monday, the 8th of September, we're bringing back Season 3 of our wonderful series called HR Trends with Game Changers. The information on that series applies to every part of every organization, big or small any footprint, any industry, any maturity anywhere in the world. And then we're also bringing back season two of The Future of Business with Game Changers and we're debuting a new series I'm not done yet, The Customer Edge with Game Changers. The following week the week of September 15th we're adding two more new series, The Internet of Things with Game Changers and Innovating Innovation with Game Changers If that makes you dizzy, think what I'm going to be feeling when I'm hosting all of these shows. We're going to have seven shows live on air, five hours a week, so stay tuned. I want to thank Nick Castellina at Aberdeen. Thank you, Nick. Great information, great input. Thanks for all the statistics and the work. Conternelli at SAP, delighted to always have you back. And Pete Graham, lovely to meet you as well. A shout-out to Karuna Mukherjee for arranging this topic and to Chris Grundy. Aaron Hughes, Birgit Starmans, and Henner Schliebs on the finance team, Brad and the Business Channel team. And here's Bonnie's call to action. You ready? Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Talk to you tomorrow right here on the Business Channel. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to hashtag SAPRADIO and join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time, here on the Business Channel, wishing you a game-changing week. Game-changing week.